Welcome to episode number 306 of Category 5 Technology TV. Hello! Hello, world! It is Tuesday, July the 30th, 2013. Good to see you. I'm Robbie Ferguson. I am Sasha Dermatis. Hey, Sasha. How's it going? Excellent. You? Great. Good, good. What we got coming up? Well, coming up in the newsroom... Do tell. Software that can draw abstract, abstract portraits in the style of specific artists has been developed by Disney Research. Cool. They're always on it. Sony and Panasonic are working on a Blu-ray killer, an optical disc that holds at least 300 gigabytes. What? Uh-huh. Nice. The, the Blu-ray Annihilator. Good luck registering a domain name if your name happens to be George Alexander Lewis. <laughs> and rather than fix an exploitation problem with ca- the car immobilization systems, the court has shut up the researchers who discovered the flaw. Stick around. These stories are coming up later in the show. Amazing. Hey, also, uh, tonight we've got an exciting show for you. We're going to be looking at a video jib that costs under $200. You're not going to believe that you can get this thing so cheap. And uh, it's going to take your video productions and make them look like a million bucks. So if you're into video production, make sure you stick around. Don't miss it. Also, uh, get the kids, get the family gathered around the computers tonight and the, the Roku and the Miro Internet TV and wherever you're watching from. Uh, and uh, Owen the Great is here with us tonight, and he's going to be performing some magic and talking about um, his quest uh, as a right. as perhaps a Canada's youngest magician. So uh, stick around. Exciting show for you tonight, and uh, we're watching for your questions as well in the chat room, and uh, we'll be right back. This is Category 5 Technology TV. EcoAlkalines, we believe you should be able to trust your batteries not just here, but here, here, and here. But with one exception, you should also be able to trust your batteries here. EcoAlkalines are the world's first and only certified carbon neutral battery manufactured to the highest standards of recycling and quality, without any trace amounts of harmful chemicals like mercury, lead, or cadmium. EcoAlkalines provide performance that rivals leading national alkaline battery brands at a comparable price. Find out more about the EcoAlkalines difference. EcoAlkalines.com This is Category 5 Technology TV. So good to have you here tonight. And uh, very exciting show coming up. Yeah, it's going to be great. Phew. First, right off the hop, I want to thank all of the viewers who have sent in donations this past week. So... Things are Definitely. We're working on uh, building Studio D, which is a really exciting project for us. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's, there's so many different things that are involved in that process. And uh, we're looking at, you know, one of the things that I'm really excited about is is one day upgrading our video cameras and, and you know, solving some of the issues that we have. And in fact, tonight we're a little bit late. So if you're watching along in the chat logs, episode number 306 is about, uh, what, what did we say? 10, ten, ten minutes, minutes late. 10 minutes on the nose late. So for those of you who are watching on demand, it's okay. It doesn't make a difference to you. But if you're looking at the chat logs, do note that when it says 710, that's actually your top of the hour. So be mindful of that, that it's about 10 minutes off. So. Mm-hmm. Sasha, it's always good to see you. Thank you. you I've been great. Summer is just rolling along right in the middle of it. So, yeah, love and life. Things are going great. Work is good. Work is... Summer's been wild. We've had heat waves, and now we're at this 
really, really cold, and it's like, I want to take the kids to the beach, but it's freezing. I have been biking, so it yeah. really, actually, the cool weather's worked for me. Luckily, you guys okay. can't see my lower legs, because I've been biking on trails that are full of poison ivy, and so oh my are goodness. my legs. So if I start doing the, like, Isn't crazy that, like, scratch... Like, I'm wearing shorts here. I don't want to get <laughs> no too No footsies close. with Robbie today. Definitely not. <laughs> hey, pick up the phone if you'd like to give us a call. If you've got a question, 2545-CAT5TV is uh, one way that you, get, you can get your questions in. Of course, you can also get us live at Category5.tv and in the chat room, which is Category5 on Freenode. We love to see mm -hmm. um, some of the people that are joining us there. And the mobile sites. Yeah. Hey, let's bring it up. You've got a uh, QR code reader. There it is. M.cat5.tv. You can bring that up. And uh, that's got on-demand video. It's got live video, live audio, all the above. Uh, that is our mobile site. Cool feature to have. Yes. Fancy. Mm -hmm. Now, Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. And the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Thanks, Sasha. All right. Are, well, welcome. We have a wonderful special guest that takes a little bit of setup tonight, Owen mm -hmm. the Great. Owen. Now, I got something here that y'all are going to recognize. There we go. There we go. I hear Mom. that this guy is going to do some tricks. So. I am looking forward to this. I love magic. Yeah? Yeah. Owen, if you'd like to step into the studio, Come I'm going to actually step aside a little bit here. And uh, Come on through. I got to host today because Owen and I are the same height. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. There you go. We'll just put that on your left ear. Excellent. Perfect. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Okay, so my name's Owen, and I'm going to do a few tricks for you. Um, here. Do you have a piece of paper I could borrow? Actually? Absolutely. Perfect. There we go. Do you need a pen? Uh, yes, please. Okay, so I want to do a trick, and this is going to be kind of unusual, okay? Okay. So I want you to think of a card, mm -hmm. and I want you to silently communicate to everybody at home Okay. the card you are thinking of, okay? Okay. So, yeah, we don't have to do it like that. I, I've, got a, <laughs> I've got a deck of cards for this. Okay. So, um, here. I'm just gonna... Oops. oops. I'm just gonna draw like this. Perfect. So, what we're gonna do is, if your card is red... Mm-hmm. Or if your card is black, okay? Okay. So, we're gonna position the deck... Right here, okay? Okay. And I will cut the deck into two piles. Okay? All right. So I'll turn my back. And if your card is red, I'd like you to cut the deck like this. If your card is black, I'd like you to cut the deck like that. Okay. Okay. Now don't look at it. Look, don't look at any of the cards. Okay. And I'll turn my back. Okay. All right. Turn Perfect. around. Here we go. And when you're done, just square them up in the middle, so I don't know which one you're looking. Oh at. yeah, that's a smart move. Okay. There we go. Perfect. Super. So, I'm going to go through the deck, and I'm going to look for some cards that I think could be yours. Okay. Perfect. You're never going to get it. 
perfect. Okay. So what we're gonna do is, if your card was a spade or a club. Yes. I'd like you to cut it like that. If your card was a diamond, sorry, if your card was a spade or a heart, please cut it like that. If it was a diamond or a spade, cut it like that. Okay. Do you want me to write that down? Um, this way for... Okay. So if it is yeah. a spade or a heart, yeah. or if it is a club clubs or, or a diamonds... Diamond. Okay. Perfect. I'll turn my back. Okay. All right. Okay. And again, I'll look through the cards and try and find one that'll match the card I think you might be thinking of. Okay. is once again I'll turn my back yes and I want you to start telling the audience what value you're thinking of okay okay so for example if it was a three you'd count one two three cards to the table okay take them and just place them back on top okay okay does that make sense yes perfect and I'll turn my back I have a, I have a question yes. what happens when we get no I don't have a question we're good okay Okay. No, I do have a question. Ace, where is that? And is that before two or after? That's the first card. Okay. That's number one. Okay. So just count them off one at a time on the table, and then just place them all back on top, the whole pack when you're done. And then I put the whole deck on top? Yes. Okay. Sorry, the whole packet on top of the deck. Reverse the order of the cards. Okay. Yes. Okay. Done. Perfect. Now, again, I'm going to look through the cards, and I'm going to try and find one that I think will match you, okay? Okay. Goodness, I hope I did this right. <laughs> <laughs> Just so everybody knows, if this went wrong, it's me. So, I think. <laughs> the suspense is killing me. <laughs> so, what we're going to do is I want you to deal the cards down one at a time until you reach somewhere like the center of the deck, okay? And I'll turn my back. Sorry? Just deal the cards down just onto deal, the table. Just deal them? Yeah, until you reach about the center of the deck. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Like one at a time? Yes. Okay. That is probably the center. Okay. okay. Now I'm going to ask you the question about, would you like to change your mind? No. 
You sure? Yes. Perfect. So what we're going to do is, here, I'll just take this half back. Okay. For the first time, what was the card you were thinking of? Okay, I, I was thinking about the Queen of Diamonds. The Queen of Diamonds? Yes. Are you positive? Yes. Okay. See, when you counted them, did you count the first card or the last card? Oh, did I do it wrong? I counted the... When I counted them, I counted the first card. The first card? Yes. Okay, and did you count the last card as well? Cards you stopped at? Yes. You sure? Okay. Now, I got kind of a mixed message. Okay. See, I, I was close. I got the Jack of Diamonds. <gasps> oh, that's very close. Okay, so that was a counting thing with me. But, uh, you know what? I made a mistake. Do you know why? Why? Before the show, I tried to make a prediction. And I was actually one card off. Um, the reason why I was one card off was because I lost the rest of the deck. Oh. If, if you take a look, see, the rest of, rest of the deck is blank. Ah! You are awesome. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. That is fabulous. Thanks. Okay. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Jeez. Uh, that blows my mind. Okay. Sorry, thanks. Um, do you want to field some questions? And... Oh, and how long have you been? Uh, how long have you been a magician? Uh, I've been doing magic since I was three. Since you were three. Yes. Awesome. Now, did you get into magic mostly because your last name is the Great? <laughs> um, I actually saw uh, the magician Frank Clarkson uh, when I was at the library, the Berry Public Library. Oh. Okay. And ever since I've loved magic. Nice. So. Did you go to Hogwarts? Yes. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> awesome. Now, um, what do you have coming up this summer? Uh, this summer, I actually have a magic camp coming up. Uh, the Sorcerer's Safari Magic Camp, which um, should be fun. Excellent. Excellent. Now, I was looking at your website, and I saw something about Impossible Bottles. Yes. What? Can you tell me a little bit more about these? Um, impossible Bottles are a deck of cards inside a milk bottle. So basically, the impossible bottle is an object that could not, could not possibly fit inside of the bottle that it's in, because the mouth is too small. Uh, it's the same as a ship in a bottle. Okay. But I'm only, I mostly do cards. Cards in a bottle. Yes, so it's uh, 52 cards, plus jokers and advertisement cards, in order with a seal and wrap still on. With the wrapper still on? Yes. That blows my mind. Thank you. <laughs> it's awesome. Excellent. Now, um, what sort of uh, media attention have you been getting lately? What, where have you been? Um, I've had a lot of, <clears throat> I've had a few articles in the paper recently, mm -hmm. so that's been helping me a lot. Nice. So yeah. Excellent. Um, and what is coming up for you in the future? What's coming up next? Are you thinking Vegas? <laughs> Um, I'm actually working on a prediction. So to predict, uh, say, the next big sports event. So, example, the Great Cup or the, the Super Bowl. Awesome. Thank you. Um, now, I have another question for you, actually. If you were to... Um, who's your favorite magician? That's... Like, who, whose style do you like? Um, my favorite magicians would have to be Penn and Teller, I think. Yeah? Awesome. Yeah. 
Excellent. Do you have another trick? Uh, sure. Um, I actually have a trick using all of you at home, okay? So, uh, Robbie, could you just... Perfect. So, I want one of you to please come up and touch the screen. Okay? Perfect. So, I want you to touch the 12. And I would like you to just think of a number between 1 and 12. Okay? I would like you to spell your number starting on 12 out. For example, if your number was 1, you'd go O N E and you land on the 3. Please do this now. Great. So, whatever number you are on now, I'd like you to count that out. I'd like you to spell that number you're on right now. Please do this now. Okay. I'd like you to do this once more, okay? That's great. Now, I know you aren't touching the two, so we can get rid of that. I know you aren't on the four, so we'll also get rid of that. I know you're not on the 8 or the 12, so also get rid of those. Now, the number you're on right now, I would like you to spell that out clockwise once more. That's great. I know you're not on the 11, the 1, the 10. You know what? I think you're on the 6. Is that right? Awesome. Excellent. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Owen. Oh, it's, it's great to have you on the show. I know we're limited to microphones, so that's why I kind of had to sit out. But uh, <laughs> uh, thank you for being on the show. Now, you're going to be in Halliburton. There's a, you were mentioning that there's a, a camp out there that, uh, that you get to attend? Or? Uh, yes. Uh, it's Sorcerer's Safari Magic Camp. Um, it's, I believe, a five-day week, uh, and you're surrounded by professional magicians who you get to go to workshops, lectures, and stuff like that. It should be really fun. Nice. Now, is this your first time going there? Or? Uh, yes, it is. Cool. Yeah. I didn't even realize that there was a magic camp there. I've actually, I go to, uh, to Halliburton, uh, once a year, and, and they usually have Midnight Madness, and there's always magicians that appear there, and it's, it's amazing, and it's... I hope that that's a fun time for you. Yeah, uh, thank you. And we wish you all the best. So uh, what's next? I mean, you've got this camp coming up, and then uh, where do you see yourself going, let's say, five years from now? Um, I really want to do some mentalism, to do some more mentalism effects. Awesome. So, like, some more mind reading and stuff like that. Cool. Thanks. Sweet. Thank you. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Cheers. And uh, chat room, was he right? Was it number six? I know I'm kind of a little taller than you guys here, right? Yes. It was number six. Yes. It was six. Way to go. Thank you, Jot. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Cool stuff. Well, hey, that's 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 fun. We we were so pleased to be able to have Owen the Great here tonight. Uh, it's owenthegreat.com, correct? And you can see those, uh, those impossible bottles, which I think are... Quite impressive. Uh, I'd love to get my hands on one of those just to check it out. Mm-hmm. I, it's one of those things Cracker. where 
Yeah, like how the wrapper is still on in a glass bottle. Like it's a glass milk bottle, and yeah. the deck of cards is right inside. Blows my mind. Unbelievable. Awesome stuff. All right. Well, oh, I can do a little bit of magic myself. Look at that. <laughs> We'll give that to him after the show. Excellent. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, you've got my uh, my notes here. There I you go. My notes here. Awesome stuff. Excellent. Okay. Well, I have been experimenting, checking some things out with you know how we can improve the video quality here at the show and and what we can do to uh, to do some interesting new things. And uh, one of the things that I came across was what's called a jib and. Can we start with what is a jib? What is a jib? <laughs> it sounds neat. Uh, a jib is kind of, you know, if you imagine a crane, a crane is, uh, you know, a, an arm that can go up and down and all around, but a jib is not something that you sit on. So it's like a crane, but you don't sit on it. You actually just operate it from the ground. So it's, it's generally on a stand. Okay. But it's a long arm. Okay. In this case, because it's a video jib, it would have a video camera on the end of it, and you can move it up and down and all around. And you notice in movies and TV shows especially that, you know, you, you get these kind of flyover shots where it kind of seems like it's just the camera's kind of moving around like this. Are we going to have smooth flyover shots of us? No, not necessarily. <laughs> I mean, we can, whoa, and if you use your imagination, that's pretty cool. Hey, thank you. That's pretty neat. Um, so with that kind of technique, it's such a basic, simple contraption, but you get away from having to hold your camera in your hand and move it around and try to get that effect while having a stable, you know, because you're going to be, eh, especially right. if you've got this DSLR and it's, you know, 15 pounds or whatever. So I actually found a company in the States. It's called uh, Advanced Digital, and they're a fantastic company to work with. Uh, you can go to cat5.tv slash jib to check it out. Uh, we actually came across uh, an eight-foot jib. So this is this crane mechanism. Okay. That is under, uh, under 200 bucks. It's $190. Basically, so nice. you compare that, and you know, a jib typically is going to be a thousand, two thousand bucks, and all of a sudden you're like, whoa! But what it does, what's neat about it is, as like if you if you just had a camera on the end of a pole, say, like like a tripod or a monopod. Monopod is a good example where you'd hold it up, but um, the the thing is, is as you go up, the camera is tilting. Right. right. So what's different about a jib is that it has a mechanism so that the camera sits like this. And as the jib goes up, it keeps the camera level so that the camera doesn't actually go like this. Okay. So there's a, a little bit of mechanics there. Really simple mechanics, but it, it works really, really well. And you'll see that at cat5.tv slash jib. So the question becomes, okay, so it's $190 to buy something like this at that website. Um, how hard is it to set up? Right. Let's see. So I actually had the pleasure of going to Georgian Bay and uh, and doing a, a video shoot for a real estate company there, and we did a, a whole bunch of stuff. So this was, you know, I'm learning how to use this thing, but you can really see how easy it is to set it up. Um, so basically, it's a it's a like a speaker stand kind of stand. It's really solid and can hold uh, well over a hundred pounds. Um, and the, the device itself is not very heavy. I know that I am, I am incredibly muscular and I make it look so lightweight, but it is, no, it is actually quite light. And so you, you literally just kind of assemble this thing. This is in real time. I mean, you see how quick it is, other than that little edit. That's just me <laughs> doing magic, Owen. 
Uh, that's just me floating over there. Okay, so then I just simply put the camera on there. And you see at the back end of it, there, there's a little bit of counterweight uh, mm-hmm. on, the, uh, on the jib. And all that is is just simply like dumbbell weights. And those allow basically an offset. Uh, there were enormous flies uh, in Georgian Bay. Whoa. Enormous. <laughs> um, and uh, so that counterweight... <laughs> What you aim to do is is add enough weight on the end. That fly is making me laugh. Uh, you add enough weight on that <laughs> on that end to offset the weight of the camera. So watch what happens here as I add that just one more five pound weight. Now the the camera literally and see the mechanism that keeps the uh, the camera level. So it literally has this float effect because right. you've got a it, just like a steady cam. If you've got an offset weight a counterweight to the camera mm-hmm. you can really get this kind of floating feel because you're not the per- you're not actually physically having to hold the weight of the camera everything is offset and balanced and you can get this real flow to it so i proceeded to just do a quick shot over the bay and i've just got my dslr on there and i'll just say i should have set um i should have locked my exposure that becomes obvious in the video because uh, it was a very very bright day and as i move around uh in our test video uh, you'll see that uh, that my exposure uh, overcompensates a little bit. but So by doing this, I'm actually floating this mechanism, this machine kind of thing manually around the bay, and the view is just exceptional. You get a full panorama, and it gives you a real sense that, that you're basically flying the camera. So here's an actual shot from that. No way. Here you go. So for documentary footage, um, now imagine somebody was walking along the beach. I could actually follow them just by panning, and you get this really (laughs) nice, smooth shot. Yeah. And then straight up into the air. There's my exposure overcompensating there a little bit. but So there I'm actually, you know, 10 feet up in the air or so. And you can get a little bit higher than that. And this, you'll notice that I have the stand at the very, very lowest position. Some of the shots that I was doing, I actually raised up the stand because you can, you can actually raise that um, and, and get, I think I was up as high as about 15 feet in the air with the camera. So it'll go all the way down to the ground. And then as you kind of flow over, you can, you can add height to it as well. This would turn any amateur videographer into... Well, professional. I think it really takes Lord. you to the next level, yeah. and it, and it's such a such an easy investment. Mm-hmm. So the jib itself, I'll just say the the jib is about one hundred and ninety dollars, and you have to buy the stand separately. Uh, so that's I don't know about fifty dollars or so. So it's a really really not overly expensive upgrade to your camera rig, and and all of a sudden you're able to do these shots that are just awesome. So so I'm thinking if you're shooting like a documentary or you're shooting, um, for example, like a like an independent film. Yeah, you could, to be able to get these kind of steady, flowing, kind of almost flying shots. You know, somebody could be walking by on the sidewalk, and you're following them, and then all of a sudden you give it height, and you fly over their head. I uh, like this. It can be you could done. do it weddings, be, anything. Yeah, weddings. It would be fantastic. Big for, for weddings. Yeah, really good. So go to cat5.tv/jib to find out more uh, about you know, actually purchasing that. And you'll see actually one of the things with Advanced Digital that uh, really impressed me, you'll see that I actually posted a review because the first unit that they sent me was defective. Oh. So, of course, you think, 
okay, well, that's no good. Mm-hmm. So I contacted them. I posted a review on, on Amazon, and I said, okay, well, um, mine was defective. What did they do? The very next day, they sent me another one. No questions asked, no problem, no hassles. And Did you, like, they didn't ask you to send your defective one first? No, or? I didn't have to ship it back. So wow. I ended up with a defective one and a good one. Um, but I didn't have to go through the headache of having to send it back. So that to say... That's incredible. It's just really good customer service. And the way that they treated me was with the absolute, you know, they were apologetic about, oh, we recognize that there was a problem with your jib and don't worry about it. We'll have another one. I had it like three days later. And it's coming up from the States all the way up to here in Canada. These are going to fly off the shelf. This is going to be like the Robbie effect, like the Oprah effect. There's it's just like that. jibs everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> every every YouTube video from now on is going to be jibified, and you know, so you get somebody to just oh, and, good. And you can operate it from the uh, from the camera end too, because remember, it's counterweighted. So right. th- there are times where you know you need to you don't need to you don't want to be at the far end. You want to be at the camera end, and you can just kind of and it goes and it floats up because of the counterweight is taking care of all that for you. So. Excellent mechanism. The design on the uh, advanced digital one is excellent, uh, and the quality for 190 bucks blew my mind because, uh, like, I thought about DIY and thought about, oh, I could probably do this for about 100 bucks mm-hmm. if I did it myself rather mm-hmm. than the thousand dollar option. And then I realized how much work that was going to be to get something that was solidly built. They've already got something that is, you know, it is brushed aluminum it's solid it's got all the parts are you know they lock together really really well they've got wing nuts on everything and and if anything goes wrong there's there they're they've got the support yeah yeah excellent stuff so cat5.tv slash jib if you film something with your new jib make sure you send it to us email live at category5.tv we want to see the footage and uh whatever you come up with we'd love to we'd love to see it awesome Excellent. Well, are you ready to hear about some uh, top stories in the newsroom? Are you all ready? Well, I'm almost ready, as you can see. You're almost there. Almost there. We've got some exciting stories tonight, and, and I love the new uh, format of the news. This is your first time. You ready? This is my first are time. You ready? Here we go. Take it away. All right. A computer program that can mimic, mimic the abstract portrait drawings of specific artists has been built by experts at Disney Research. Disney is awesome. Seven artists were asked to create quick sketches based on portrait photographs, taking various lengths of time to complete their work. Each artist generated about 8,000 pen strokes for the sketches. Individual artist preferences, such as how far apart they drew the eyes, were also included in the data gathered. Then that data was used to create sketches of photographs as the computer understood each artist would have done them, even beginning with a particular feature if that had been identified as what the artist would have done. The research has suggested the techniques involved had the potential to be developed further and might one day be used to create cartoons in specific animators' styles. No. That is cool. Really? Yeah. Okay, so that means that your if you were a specific style of animator, sure. your styles could live on indefinitely, Through right? computer technology. And just so you know, the picture on the left was drawn by the artist. The picture on the right was drawn by the software in the style of the artist. And it's, it's very it's, apparent that that is... It's um, not that bad. The, in the style of the artist. So 
as far as you know can it do what i do when i create art with stick figures and <laughs> s- sort of my up houses circle. with yes <laughs> i still draw houses in my trees like this and the evergreens yeah that's although you i know, basically have grade two drawing i yeah well i'm sort of the same my sister's an artist and yeah. uh she my brother is an artist my brother is an animator he is an emmy award-winning animator and i can't believe that so he can just plug in his work into this and then he and wouldn't he have should. to work again <laughs> I need to, I need to get my brother a copy of this software so yeah. he can just sit there and do 8000 strokes and then he can just sit Although, on the beach with a mojito. Of course it makes me think and I don't know why I always end up down on the dark side. Yeah. You know handwriting analysis that they yes. use in like oh, dear. CSI in 48 hours. For you? Yes. You could say, well that isn't my writing. There's this new <laughs> There's this new yes. research. That's there is a scary. computer that has mimicked my writing. And <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, hey, I'll sorry. T- I'll tell sorry. you my story after the show. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, those of us who don't even have a Blu-ray player are kind of annoyed when they bring out the Blu-ray killer. Yes, that's right. Before many of us even switch to Blu-ray, I still have DVD. I even have a VHS player. Believe it or not. I have Blu-ray. Sony and Panasonic have teamed up. They plan to bring out something better. They say that they've got a technology that is going to store about 300 gigabytes on a single optical disc. By contrast, a Blu-ray disc, dual layer, holds only about 50 gigabytes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so I have a Blu-ray player. Yes. I have a 3D TV and a Blu-ray player. Don't you love that it's already obsolete? And sort of, I have to say, could it get better? No. Like, so I, ah. I feel like it can't get better. Like, I just, I feel like I'm sitting on the ocean floor when I'm watching, like, IMAX under sure. the deep. Like, but think about 4K. Have you ever heard of it? It is literally four times the quality of 1080p. Really? So, to you, on, you know, okay. to me on a 32-inch TV, that doesn't mean a lot. But now, if I take my 1080p TV that looks really good... yeah. And then I decide to upgrade to a uh, 52 or 67 inch TV. Right. Now 1080p doesn't look so good anymore because it's taken that beautiful sharp image and stretching it out over this. Right. So now we get 4K that says, okay, if, if 1080p looks fantastic in this size, let's do it four times that size. Right. So a grid of four. Now we can get it to this size. My mind can't wrap around this Blu-ray killer. Like... So the quality and the size is going to be... 4K video is is higher quality video. They need to find a storage mechanism for it. Right. Because uh, I believe it was was actually Panasonic that mentioned that uh, they believe that 4K video, like a full-length movie, is going to take about at least 100 gigs. So it won't actually fit on a Blu-ray disc. Oh, okay. That's kind of the problem. So they've got to come up with something. The demand for extra storage is going to be fueled also by the uh, consumer base being able to f- film in 4K. You know that the uh, that there is a, uh, a Hero 3 camera, um, the GoPro, that, that is able to shoot in 4K, albeit it's only 15 frames per second, so it's really rudimentary and lousy quality, but it is still 
going to take up a huge amount of space because it's 4K video, very, very good quality. Um, so JVC, Sony, and Panasonic have all shown off the pr uh, prototype camcorders that are also able to shoot in 4K. Um, so we're going to see the needs for huge amounts of storage to be uh, just exponentially greater. Digital video expert Paul O'Donovan says the cheapest way to store lots of material long-term is going to be optical discs, uh, and they are much more convenient if you want to send your video to somebody. Family videos, you want to send them to mom and dad. Imagine sending a 300 gigabyte file through the internet. It would take forever. Forever. That is fabulous. Mm -hmm. And sad. I like my Blu-ray. Okay. Cyber squatters. Love that word. Cyber squatters have <laughs> leapt at the chance to register domain names referring to the new royal baby Prince George or Georgie Porgy. <laughs> Within moments of the baby's name being announced, domains such as georgealexanderlewis.com and princegeorgecambridge.co.uk were taken. One buyer of a royal baby-related domain has put it up for sale at £10,000. <sighs> Holy Hannah. It hasn't even been that long. Yeah, he's just a little guy. Yeah. Yeah. His face probably hasn't even unsmushed yet. Okay. <laughs> what if it never does? <laughs> well, <laughs> the owner, Matt James, snapped up a domain the day of the naming announcement. He said, like most British people, I was glued to the TV, excited about the birth, and thought a baby prince domain name had potential. He claims that if he's able to sell the domain for £10,000, he'll give half of the profit to a charity associated with Will and Kate. Oh, nice. That is cool. That's neat. I, it blows my mind still that there are people that are just cyber squatting and waiting to gobble up domain yeah, names. Yeah, I call them like, I don't know, domain spiders and stuff. They just watch for stuff. And, and I mean, that's cool. But you would think that with, you know, if you're next in, in line to the throne and you've got all these people working for you and that you'd have people that would say, okay, what are you going to name the baby? I'm going to register the .com before you actually make the announcement. Right. They should have just registered a bunch of different domain names and then, like, kept their options open and, you know, get, <laughs> kept people guessing. It makes you think if you're going to have a baby, find out if the .com is available first. Right. And then register your baby name I wonder first, if mine has, somebody's been cyber squatting it. following me and already has registered my Sasha domain Dermatis? name. .com. Nobody would register that because it's too hard to spell. <laughs> so they'd be like, okay, what is it? Sasha, Sasha D. Sasha, Sasha D. D. taken? Dot I don't know if you noticed, but our content distribution network is actually on servers that are named after my children. So we actually own Zechariah.com, which is really, really cool because when my boy grows up. That is awesome. He has his first name as a .com. Like that in, in 20 years is not going to be possible ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. people who aren't even named Sasha use Sasha. Like Beyonce? She's Sasha Fierce. Have you not heard that? Oh, no. Yeah, she's like an alter ego. People she's just, just steal my name. Yeah, no. Your name is good enough, Beyonce. Keep it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, some more news for you. A high court judge has blocked three security researchers from publishing details on how to crack car immobilization services. Uh, Flavio Garcia is a computer science lecturer at the University of Birmingham, and Barris Egg and uh, Roel Verdolt is, uh, they're both 
security researchers at Redmond University uh, in the Netherlands. Uh, the team of researchers informed the chip makers about the exploit uh, back in November, so they gave them at least nine months' notice that they were going to be uh, sharing this information. That was to give them enough time to fix the problem. However, rather than fix it, they took them to court. German car maker Volkswagen and French defense group Thales have obtained an interim ruling after arguing that the information could actually be used by criminals. So they are now not allowed to make their big announcement. Seems like they're being stepped on there. The academics had planned to present the information at a conference next month. Hmm. Seems not unfair. I don't know Fix how I f- the problem. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Now we know the problem's out there. Yeah. So it'll be a hacker that So there's a bunch of people who it. can exactly drive they can disable the It's like the bumper sticker. If you outlaw guns, only outlaws will have guns. Right. Well, guess what's going to happen with the deactivation of the chip? All of the criminals will be driving Volkswagens. All of them. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, that's the news for tonight. Oh. Oh. Get the Oh, my turn. Oh. Get the full stories at category5.tv/newsroom. This week, the Category 5.TV newsroom is researched by Roy W. Nash with contributions by our community of viewers. If you have a news story you think is worthy of on-air mention, email newsroom at category5.tv. For the Category 5.TV newsroom, I'm Sasha Dermatis. Thanks, Sasha. Dot com. Ah, oh, pick it up, <laughs> all you domain squatters. Uh, hey, uh, Category 5 is expanding our sales force. We sell advertising here at the show. It's obviously non-intrusive. But if you have resources at you know where you live to go around and sell advertising on behalf of Category 5 TV, we're going to work out some uh, a commission deal with you. Um, so all you have to do is email contact at category5.tv for that opportunity. It's a way to support your favorite show because uh, you're going to be helping us with the Studio D renovations uh, with every advertisement that's sold, and you're also going to put a little bit of money in your pocket because we're going to work out a commission with you. So I think it's a great idea. I think it's uh, it'll be a lot of fun to to work with viewers and, and, and that you can actually go, you know, Jot, if you want to start pacing around in the Netherlands and handing out flyers and getting people interested in buying advertising, then uh, there you go. So now we've got somebody in the Netherlands putting up posters and selling ads. Yeah. Um, you know, wherever you are, it'd be fantastic. So I wonder if um, for the word? they'll do it for my work, St. Louis. That'd there be good. You go. That'd be neat. Devilishly good. Take advantage <laughs> of the cyber community. That's right. All right. Hey, do we have any viewer questions, uh, comments that have come in during the course of the show tonight? We... We do. Let me just see. The chat room has been awesome, active about my domain name. <laughs> good, good. I'm actually going to, who is it? Right, Let's go ahead. see. Okay. So I have um, a question. Old Sot from Maine asks, hey, Robbie, great show. Been working on watching all the past episodes. Been trying to install Linux for some time now. Tried to install on my notebook first, then my free agent USB drive, and then on a 16 gig scan disk thumb drive. Same results with all of them. It goes through the install fine and says the install was successful, hangs on to the reboot, and then there's nothing on the drive when I check it. The The notebook is an HP Pavilion 6 or G6 with an AMD dual core running Windows 8 64 bit. It's read on different sites that the culprit could be a secure boot in Windows 8, so he disabled that and tried again to get and got the same results. Hmm. He has a number of partitions on all three devices that he can't recover. Can you tell him how? 
Yeah, it's uh, it could be so many different things. Sounds a little bit odd. Now, if are you doing this within Windows though? It sounds like it, eh? It's got Windows 8 on it, and you're actually formatting. So the first thing that I would say, so mm-hmm. you've in, you've installed Linux onto the disk, and how are you determining that it's empty? Well, you're probably booting up into Windows and mounting the hard drive. Mm-hmm. But Windows can't read a Linux hard drive. Unlike Linux, Linux can read Windows hard drives, Mac hard drives, Linux hard drives, and you know it's a bit more universal that way. With Windows, if you boot up and you mount that hard drive, you're not going to see the file system because it can't read it. It may even tell you that it's unformatted. If you bring up the partition wizard, you'll see that it has been partitioned, but you can't actually access the file system to see if the files are there. So maybe that's what you're seeing. So I would try, once you've done that, reboot the, <coughs> pardon me, reboot the computer, go into your BIOS and check the, uh, bless you, uh, and check the boot order. Just make sure that the drive that you're trying to boot from that has Linux on it is actually um, your boot drive. The other thing would be during the installation process, so you're installing it from CD or something, but it sounds like you must have more than one hard drive. So in an event where you have multiple hard drives, you're, you're going to have to be a little bit Linux savvy when it comes to the mount points of those hard drives. So is it SDA? Is it SDB? Is it SDE? You need to know where Grub is going to go, and Grub is your bootloader, so that when you turn on your computer, it's going to automatically be able to detect Windows and Linux and all that kind of stuff. So it's quite likely that Grub has gone to the wrong place. So it's sitting on another drive, maybe a data drive or whatever else, and so you're not actually able to boot from the drive that it maybe it does have Linux installed, but you can't boot from it because you don't have a bootloader that's installed in the in the boot partition of that uh, or okay. in the system itself. Okay. So that would those would be a couple of guesses. Now, I do. Have other than that, I mean, could you try virtualization too? If you just mm-hmm. want to get your feet wet and get into Linux, that's another option. What's up? I have a question um, from the chat room, okay. and it's very important that I say it's from Demetrius ninety two, who has okay. like a name similar to mine, which is Dermatus, mm-hmm. and he just goes right ahead and puts it right on there, not just Sasha D. Anyway, the question oh. is. So I like your name. The question is, can we have a show about Dreamweaver on Linux um, or similar software in Linux? Can we or instead maybe- learn to build websites with Gedit or Pluma? Please. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah, well, well, Dreamweaver is proprietary and it's something that has to be purchased in order oh. to run. So am I going to run out and buy a copy of Dreamweaver? No. Um, if you want us to show Dreamweaver, I'd be happy to demonstrate it, but you'd, you'd want to tell us what you want to do. Not likely. Um, Dreamweaver's not something that we would want okay. to promote. Uh, because we're, you know, I'm not, I'm not an, an, a FOSS, like, exclusive guy. I run proprietary stuff, but um, when there are alternatives and better ways to do things, I'm not going to promote, hey, use Dreamweaver when, mm, no, that's not the way I would do it. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. And to be honest, there are online tools. If you're if you're a rookie and you want to learn how to do web development, so that's what would turn you on to Dreamweaver. Um, there are online tools in the you know in the cloud architecture, the Web 2.0 infrastructure that would allow you to build your websites online, like Weebly or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. which are going to make it even easier for you, and then you don't have to invest in the software. You don't have to. That makes know. sense. Send us an email and let, let me know kind of specifically what you're looking for. Maybe we can do it a different way. Use free software. 
Mm-hmm. Have we uh, received any postcards lately? Uh, well, no, I don't believe so. Okay. We haven't really had the call to action to send a postcard. Um, who was it that was saying in the chat room that they've sent a postcard? Somebody. That said, we do have a, a fairly full postcard wall. We the, do. And we did receive a, a shipment from uh, Kekakak. And I, I, he okay. sent us a nice little note there. Um, and so I actually posted that up on the wall as well. Awesome. So, but you can send your postcards. It's Postal Box 29009, Barrie, Ontario, Canada, L4N7W7. And if you didn't catch that, it's at the bottom of our website. We love to receive your postcards. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. Do we have time for another question? Yes, please. Robert Gorzinski. Hey, Robert. Um, I know you've covered this before on the show, but this is a warning to others to make sure that you back up your data. Mm-hmm. Is it data or data? Data. It is data. Okay, good. Yeah, let's do that. A few days ago, I was using using Gparted while installing Linux and accidentally wiped the wrong drive. Luckily for me, important photos and documents I had backed up on Ubuntu One, Google Drive, and my free NAS server. Okay. With the server being backed up on an external hard drive. Um, my backup for my emails was unfortunately only stored on the drive I wiped. Luckily, his emails that he lost weren't really important. Um, but this is just really, again, just back up your files. It's that comes really to us from Robert Gorzinski yeah. and, uh, you know, a, a wonderful member of our community. I'm sorry to hear that you've gone through that, that trouble. So what has happened is he's repartitioning his hard drive, which is to take that pie, uh-huh. which is split up into pieces, and remove one of the pieces and resize this piece so that, you know, you're repartitioning your basically changing the architecture of how the hard drive or the pie is cut up. Okay. So in doing so, he accidentally removed the wrong thing, and that happened to be the piece of the pie that had all his data on it. Yikes. Ouch. Glad Sorry. that you have a backup, and yeah, I reiterate to what Robert is saying there. Just Make back sure you everything back up. up. We have here, I mean, I'm extremely particular when it comes to my backups. Um, I, you remember, I, I actually filmed... Um, Abigail's wedding for her mm-hmm. and that was a lot of fun and it was but I take things really seriously and I'm not a videographer I'm not a professional wedding videographer and if people called me up and said could you film my wedding too I would no I did it for Abigail because she's a member of our team and so that's not what I do but I take my backup so seriously that I actually well what I did is I invested a little bit of money and I bought like an anti-static SD card holder which is also waterproof and non-susceptible to electrostatic radiation and stuff. So if I get shocked or something, this is still safe with my cards in it. So I had this at the wedding, and then I had my laptop, and I kept the data on the cards, but I plugged in the card into the laptop, and I downloaded the videos as I was going. So now I always had a copy on the laptop and a copy on the card, and I bought four 32-gig cards so that I could just keep switching the cards, and I'd never run out of space. This is, this is interesting because it leads to the question I was going to ask you after the yeah. show because I accidentally Uh-oh. fried an SD card no. in my phone Okay. when I was in Jamaica. It doesn't have your pictures on it and stuff? It did. Do you have it here? It's not here. Okay. Bring it. If I bring it, you can maybe get the pictures back. Well, we're going to look at a tool from the <laughs> test disk free application that's available on Linux. Uh, it's called PhotoRec, which stands for Photo Recovery. Mm-hmm. And we'll look at that tool. And that's actually what, uh, what Robert Gorzinski was saying. He used PhotoRec to try to get some of the data off of his hard drive. It's a fantastic tool that's available to you if you're running Linux. We'll plug in that card, okay. and we'll see if we can get some data off of it. That is awesome. So, 
Yeah, I've lost my pictures on more than one occasion yeah, in my life. That's, so that's why I know to back everything up. I've actually lost my hard copy photos too. So I had a customer who came up. in and they had backed up all of, they said they backed up. Here's the difference between me and, and somebody else. I made copies. So I always had at least two copies. Now, as soon as I got back to the studio, what did I do? I then took my laptop, which had a copy of all Abigail's videos, and I backed them up to the server, and then the server backed them up to my off-site backup that night. Okay, so I'm crazy redundant. Okay, this poor fellow had filmed a wedding for a friend, similar kind of scenario as to what I do, what I did. Um, you're not a videographer you just got a nice dslr and a couple of tripods and you go and do the best that you possibly can to save your friend money mm -hmm. so great put all the videos on his external hard drive but moved them off of the sd cards so now okay fine the videos are on the drive they're no longer on the sd cards he continued to shoot more stuff with the sd cards, so he was overwriting the sectors where the data could have been recovered from. Right. Needless to say, his hard drive that he had put all the video on, and then, you know, that was the only copy in the in it, all of existence from someone's wedding, that hard drive crashed. And it didn't just crash, it was actually a head failure, so the heads actually touched the platter. I don't know if he dropped the drive or what, um, but investigating the inside of the drive, there was physical damage there that would have required at least a $2,000 recovery to get the data off this drive. So we thought, okay, well, we'll be smart. Let's take the SD cards and try to get the data off of them. But he unfortunately overwritten everything. Had, yeah. And there were no copies in existence of this wedding video. Wow. If there is ever a time to renew your vows. <laughs> yeah, a month after the wedding. So that, you know, that's heartbreaking. That's a heartbreaking scenario. And mm -hmm. I share that with you because I don't want that to happen to you. And that... You know, I, I told him, I mean, there's nothing that can be done other than spend $2,000 on a data recovery in just, this particular instance. Oh. Just happened to be a worst case scenario. So always, always, always keep multiple copies of your right. stuff. Right. Not on the same media, though. Like, I'm not talking, you know, people will actually, then this happens. You'll take a copy from your computer and you'll copy it to a folder on your desktop. So you've got it in My Documents and your desktop. So now you've got two copies, but you don't. Because no. it's in the same computer. Even if it's a separate hard drive, if you have a fire, where is it? Right. You know, a power so surge that takes out your computer. Like an external hard drive would be okay. If you want to do it that way, you could put it on an external hard drive and then safely eject it, unplug it, take it, put it in a safety deposit box. Right. And do that on a rotation uh, on a rotation schedule, so that you always have a copy that is nowhere near the other copy. So, wow, scary that's stuff. That's how I work. Back up. It's as important as brushing your teeth. Back up. More important. <laughs> you can get away with not brushing your teeth for two or three days. The people around you will disagree. <laughs> but uh, if you don't back up and then you have a hard drive crash, you're done. Now we know Robbie's priorities. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> well, hey, thanks for being here with us tonight. Any other questions for us? We've got a couple minutes left of the show. I got a really cool device sent to me today. I'm kind of tickled pink about this because we, we sometimes, you know, I, I'm not a guy who I still have a flip phone and I still do have my CRT TV and I wasn't joking. I do have VHS because until something breaks, I'm just the kind of guy that I don't, I don't go and get the next best thing. That's just not the way that I roll. Do you have any track? I don't. I would love one. <laughs> Band on the run. <laughs> okay, so 
but I do have this. This is the uh, the Novatel Wireless LTE Wi-Fi hotspot. Oh. I haven't even opened the box. I saved that for you. So what this is, this is uh, the, the MiFi 2, and this allows you, there it is. It looks like just a, oh, it's a little, cute. cute little screen. I don't know if I, oh, it's upside down. See, I don't even know how it works. Okay, so it's, it's actually booting up just like that. Looks like I've got a power charger and a USB. It's USB powered, so it's got a USB AC adapter for charging. Just says MiFi. It's still got the sticker on it, too. So what this does, if you can believe, this uses your cell phone SIM card. So you pop your SIM card in there. <laughs> You've got LTE service. Yeah. Okay. And now this becomes a mobile hotspot. That is awesome. For all your devices. That's incredible. It's entirely wireless. So you put this on the windowsill in the cottage. And now all you've got your iPod is using Wi-Fi. You've got all this stuff. And I was thinking with, you know, you've got, uh, if you're using the Magic Jack app on your iPod or uh, the, NetTalk, uh, the NetTalk app on your iPod to be able to make calls on Wi-Fi, it would probably be a lot cheaper to just do this mm-hmm. than to, um, to be using a cell phone somewhere Right. You know, so this, you know, it, it apparently is going to cost about $10 a month to just have it active. And then it will just be your usage on top of that based on a tiered pricing plan. So it's really, really cheap. If you're putting your SIM card in it, it's the usage from your Yeah, well, you phone, just uh, right? you add the data plan. It's like they call it a flex plan. And it allows you to, uh, it is ten, if, I put, if I turn this off and put it in the cupboard, it will only cost me $10 that month. Okay. Just to have it active. But then when I use it, it'll cost a little bit more. But here's the kicker. It's like 23 megs a second. 23 oh. megabits a second. This little bad boy is apparently going to be a lot faster than uh, our cable internet, our DSL connection. It says, welcome to the MiFi 2. It's got a quick start little tutorial here. Select this network. Okay, should we give it a go? Yeah. It already says... Check your Wi-Fi device. So I've got my iPod Touch here. Let's see. See if it detects it. Do you guys see the network MiFi 2 MFAU here in the studio? Wi-Fi. There it is. It's there. Okay, so I'm going to click on it, and I'm going to sign in for the first time. Four, eight. This is, I guess, like a web key or something which I'll probably want to change to WPA2. So apparently I'm connected. Let's see if I actually have internet. You can always find the information again by tapping on the connection icon. Okay, finish. Apparently it's got multimedia and everything, and it is obviously a, a touch screen, and I can do some pretty stuff. It is stuff. super cute. So I know that that matters to everybody. Okay. <laughs> so what really matters is, okay, so now that I'm tethered to this, and I've never done this. I just activated it just in that moment. Uh, I'm going to run a speed test. This is speedtest.net's app for iOS. What does it tell us? And can you see that, Heather? Oh, look at that. It's a little speedometer. Yeah. Okay, so I'm already over 2, two megs a second. 2.58 megs a second down. So it's nowhere near 23, but that is super fast compared to um, 
what I would have if I went to the cottage or something. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting a, a, the equivalent of about half DSL speeds right now in this moment. So I don't know if that means that they maybe they haven't activated the plan because I just right. got it today, right? That's quite possible. Um, but we'll see. We'll give it a test over the next couple of weeks and see what kind of speeds we can pull from this little thing. So you keep that, you know, in your suitcase. And there you go. Perfect. It's your own mobile Wi-Fi hotspot called the MiFi 2. Cool. We'll post links nice. in the show notes for episode number uh, 306 and all the links from today's show, uh, including OwenTheGreat.com. Make sure you check them out. That will all be in the show notes for episode number uh, 306. 306. So, thank you, everybody, for being here. Thank you. Wow, what a great, great hour. That yeah, was awesome. Always flies oh, by. Eh? Now I want to do card tricks. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So next week, Becca will be on. I know. I'm looking forward to that. My wife is going to be on the show for the first time in, I don't know, it's been a long time. I think she was here like in second or third season. Awesome. So she's going to be here. We're going to be talking. We're actually going to be doing something really, really cool. We're going to be taking a real physical computer turning it into a virtual machine that's all i need to say nice there are many many great applications for that um, so don't miss it next tuesday night at seven o'clock eastern excellent hey, you have a great week thank you you too nice to see you see you guys next oh and the great time. thanks for joining us tonight and mm-hmm. uh, great to see you do check out his website ownthegreat.com and uh have a fantastic week see you next tuesday night bye <laughs> bye-bye We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. 